That's how the whole pod should go. We just like chant. Well, I mean, we are, name alone. I mean, people have seen the artwork right now. Thanks be to Tom, a worship podcast dedicated to. And if you're listening to this, you're obviously part of the clergy. <laughs> Randy, why did you want to do a pod all about time? Uh, Love Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched a lot of his movies growing up. First memory I have of seeing him in a movie is Big. And I got the idea to do this after, this really harebrained idea because I was watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life for the first time. 33 years old. I've never seen it. And I've always heard that Jimmy Stewart and Tom Hanks are kind of in the same way of like they're this natural, likable person. And then I was thinking about I've seen most of Jimmy Stewart stuff. Then I went back and saw, you know, the big one, The Wonderful Life, and I was like, I haven't seen everything Tom Hanks has ever done, so I want to watch it. So after uh, I, com- I came up with the idea, and I convinced you this was a good idea, upon the uh, sort of formation of this, Zeke, what are you hoping to get out of the spot, and do you think this is a good idea? <laughs> Second question first. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Tom Hanks is, he is the everyman. He is the everyman. He, yes, he is a great actor. He can, you can, he can get completely lost in a character, which is why he's had such a long and uh, prestigious career. But he is the everyman. He can just be pretty much himself, just in an interview, and you fall in love with him every time you see him. Over and over and over again. Rita Wilson is a lucky woman. <laughs> but to your first question, I hope there there are movies that I have not seen by Tom Hanks. Yeah, I know. Like you know, I know you might say, "Oh, you're no, you're no super fan. What are you doing?" Eh, if you're saying that, shut up. But I'm really excited to go back and explore and learn more about uh, the Tom Hanks movies that I love. Uh, explore and learn about the movies that I. Uh, haven't seen yet, and you know, hopefully, I hope to learn a little bit about myself in the process. I'm really excited to see like a lot of the stuff pre big. Mm. I haven't seen any of his TV stuff. Yeah, so it'll be cool to kind of see him become, you know, like an American institution of a person. I know my mom really liked Bosom Buddies, and she would watch it on like Nick at Night. So I I remember clips of like watching Tom Hanks in dress up as a woman. That's the premise of it. I know zero about Bosom Buddies. I don't know anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I just remember hearing the name and knowing he was on it and laughing when I was a kid because it said Bosom. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> oh, sidebar. Uh, we had debated calling this Breast Friends <laughs> because of that. Uh, I think uh, maybe when we get to that, the block of episodes that are dedicated to bosom buddies can all just be like breast friends episode one breast friends <laughs> yeah. episode two it's still it's still hangs the empire to tom. strikes back <laughs> yeah it's still hangs be to tom but uh because you gotta praise him yeah and you know what this the cool thing about this is i mean this is this is meant to be kind of like a we're gonna go in order but this pod is meant to be evergreen and we can go back and explore um, movies upon third, fourth watch. We hope to get into long, deep conversations with uh, other people who are Hanks fans, and so it's that that that's what I'm really excited about because you know I maybe have seen A League of Their Own fifty thousand times, but the last time I watched it, I didn't know Penny Marshall directed it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um. That was a big movie for me as a kid. And I just, I didn't know she had directed until like fairly recently when I, yeah, that's this last time that I watched it. I was like, oh yeah. When people talk about Tom Hanks movies, I know he's in that, but it never pops to the front of my mind as like, you know, quintessential Tom Hanks. Like, 
for some reason, I always have a blind spot that he's in Saving Private Ryan. Really? I don't know why. I just like I always just think of the battle scene, and then after you know, like a couple of minutes of talking, I think about it. I go, oh yeah, Tom Hanks is in that. Like when I think Tom Hanks, like the big ones are uh, well, obviously big. Then you got Forrest Gump. Uh, I think of Green Mile, which I haven't seen. Mm. And those are the big, big ones. So when it comes to Tom's performance in Saving Private Ryan, you did not earn this. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stays in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I obviously think of, uh, of A League of Their Own because it's one of the greatest lines in all of sports. Forrest Gump, obviously. Yeah. And Sleepless in Seattle pops in for me. Sleepless in Seattle, definitely. And obviously Cloud Atlas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I listened to that book on Audible and couldn't watch the movie. I, I just got, it was too much. Yeah. Too much. Yeah, there's a lot of new Hanks I haven't seen. Yeah, same here. Like, I, I'm, I'm in the big sweet spot of, like, the insane 12-year run that he had. Yeah, but like uh, Castaway. That, yeah, that's, I, think I think that's that a quintessential yeah. Tom Hanks role. Um, I haven't I haven't seen the Post yet, which I know that's 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 a big cardinal sin. Um, like uh, the Circle, I haven't seen that one. I don't even. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it kind of came and went. Um, oh, that thing you do. That's that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, great. Yeah, I'm a, like. Uh, it's Joe versus the volcano. Never seen. Love that. I cannot wait for that episode because I've got a lot to say about it. I, I don't know anything about it. Is he Joe? He is Joe. Okay. <laughs> I know something about that. That was the first movie. We'll give. I'll. I'll Does he little tease. fight a volcano like Kaiju Big Bad? I'm going to give you a little tease. It might be a couple of weeks till we get this episode up, but this was the first movie that him and Meg Ryan did together. They did, they did three together, right? Did three together. Yeah, I've never seen you got mail. To my knowledge, they did three. They might have done another one, but Meg Ryan plays like eight different characters in Joe vs. Volcano. Really? Yeah. She has a couple different characters. Um, I think actually I think it's only two, but <laughs> she might be more. Um really oh. great movie. Really, really great movie. Um since we are doing TV stuff too, yeah. We get to watch all of his SNLs. We get the privilege, yeah. the honor, the grace. And if we're going from SNL, we have to watch the David S. Pumpkins special. Obviously. I think we should dress up as him. <laughs> one of my favorite, so, I mean, we'll get to it, but uh, one of my favorite SNLs was the one with, uh, they play like the, him and uh, John Lovitz play the lo losers at that party. Oh, I, yeah, I remember that one. How do you do? How do you don't as they like, it was like walk away? <laughs> Hello and goodbye. See, like it was. I think it was the last time he was on, and he did Black Jeopardy. Like wiped out everything else he's ever done on SNL for me. So good. It's like all I can think of. But I, I know he's done so many insane sketches on there. Oh yeah, I mean, he he was he's he's definitely. I, I am one of the biggest SNL fans on earth, and. Uh, he is he is definitely my favorite host of all time. Let's do this, man. This is going to be a journey. I'm excited. Yeah. It, I said it as a joke, and now just like talking about this more now, I'm really excited to watch these movies. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try to hold off. I know like a lot of the later stuff in the 90s, because we have to watch every episode of Bosom Buddies, yep. Love Boat, mm -hmm. uh, TV movies, and stuff like that. Yep. So it's really going to suck. Like I, There's stuff I want to watch, and I'm going to have to wait like four months. I mean, once we wear out all the other stuff, there's I mean, no time if, if, if we're going to be Hank's completionist yeah. and really uh, praise and worship the man, mm -hmm. I think we'll do his on-screen and then, boom, production. So we would have to watch, uh, what's the stuff he did on um, like MSNBC, the, like the 80s and the 90s and 70s documentaries. Oh, on CNN, yeah. Yeah, we, get, we should watch all those. Oh, yeah. We're going to the mountain, man. Yeah. We're going to praise on high. <laughs> <laughs> there's no going back. If only there was a mecca of Hanks. Oh, I know. You know where it is? Where? Probably down in Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Should we get to some personal details of Tom Hanks? Yeah, let's do a little history about the man. We'll try to update a little bit more of his background. And, uh, you know, if there's a biography or something, 
We'll scan through that. Oh, yeah. We'll try to give you a Hanks fact every episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tom Hanks, for, you know, if you just so happen to stumble across this podcast and you don't know who it is, um, who he is, uh, he was born Thomas Jeffrey Hanks on July 9th, 1956 in Concord, California. His mother's name was uh, Janet Maryland Hanks. Uh, her maiden name was Frager, and I she was of Portuguese descent. Would not have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his father's name, this is an amazing name, Amos Mefford Hanks. And that's I found that interesting because Mefford is how people from Medford pronounce Medford. Method. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Meffa. That's some New England humor for all of you. <laughs> That's some New England humor for you, yep. Um, that also, is he of the famous Amoses? <laughs> you don't hear that name anymore. No one knows your kid Amos. That's, that's pretty cool. That's cool he name. does sound like he's a, you know, like a 1920s guy who's into like textiles. Yeah, he owns like a haberdashery. <laughs> Gonna go down to Amos a haberdashery. Stop off at the apothecary. Pick me up some Barbasol and Lottenham. <laughs> I'm going out in the town tonight. I'm going to need me a brand new fascinator. Yeah. Honey, I'll bring you back a fascinator, and I'm going to get me a little derby hat with a feather, with a little peacock feather in it. Hey, what do you say? I'm hey. going to put on my finest bolo tie. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making them from the south. We're going, we're going, we're that, that literally, that went in like eight different directions there. Okay. All right. Well, he has three siblings, Sandra, Larry, and Jim, and he has three step-siblings. I do not know their names. None of them famous? Larry did, had a bit part in a movie. Not sure which one, but he did have a bit part. He, but um, Sandra, I believe, is like an activist or some sort. Of, she's a lawyer. No. She's into making... He has to have had like a relative in like a battle scene in Saving Private Ryan or something. Yeah, he probably like picked like... Who's an uncle like I really hate? I'm going to have him like lose his leg. <laughs> that was for ruining Thanksgiving. Uncle Hank. <laughs> um, his alma mater was uh, Chabot College and California State University, Sacramento. Um, he's been married twice, uh, Tom. Uh, first to actress Samantha Lewis, uh, where I presume they met on the show, Bosom Buddies. And they have two kids, Colin and Elizabeth Hanks. Um Colin Hanks, maybe some side episodes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I've been looking for an excuse to watch Orange County again. I haven't watched that movie in forever. He made a documentary about Tower Records in Japan that I've been trying to watch for like four years. Oh, yeah. Apparently amazing. Yeah. I actually thought he would have been because Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And I thought like just have Colin play young Fred Rogers. That would have been amazing. Have they done a movie together? Yes, they have. I don't remember what it was. I think it was kind of on the indie scale and one of those like, yeah, I'll do it for you, son, kind of things. Uh, all right. Um, so, yep, um, Colin Elizabeth. And after their divorce in 1987, Hanks married actress Rita Wilson. And they met, any guesses where they met? Uh, on Bosom Buddies. Uh, you're correct, Bosom Buddies. However, it's stated that it was until uh, they were reunited on the set of Volunteers that uh, their relationship actually started. Never heard of that movie. Me either, actually. That's one I haven't seen. As someone from Tennessee, are you excited about it? <laughs> I thought about that. I did think about that. Yeah. Uh, go Vols. They married in 88, and they have two sons, Chester Marlin and Truman Theodore. Who do you think he was named after? Ooh, Alvin and Simon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. There's lots more that we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to comb through pretty much anything that's in print about them and try to find cool factoids. Um, you know, for the most part, we're going to be using IMDB, um, as our like, uh, bibliography yeah, like, to go in chronological order, but that's, we're using that as our timeline. Yeah. Hopefully it's accurate. I was, I was reading on like, uh, it's kind of hard to tell. Like he, um, you know, I was on his Wikipedia page, which obviously, you know, that's not scripture. <laughs> Probably much less accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
there was this kind of like confusing time lapse of like when he started Bosom Buddies and when he was doing the Love Boat. He also um, in the seventies he was on um, the show Make Me Laugh, which has been reincarnated many many times. I think yeah. it's actually on now. I think there's a reincarnation of it with Louis Anderson and uh, E.L. Hughley and anyway, doesn't matter. But if we can find it, we we'll I, watch it. I, yeah, if we can find it, I was I was looking for it for a good couple of hours. But uh, I think from what I read, he had like a like a short run with like a little bit of a, a, another comedic actor, and you know they had like a little thing going, and that's when they were on um, Make Me Laugh. That's from my understanding. I could be completely wrong on that. We're going to fact check everything. Um, we could go back and, you know, change a couple of mis misspoken facts. Yeah, if ever if we ever lose the timeline, we'll try and correct it. All right. Well, we hope you guys will subscribe. We hope you'll stick with us. It's a long journey. We're going to try to get these out as quickly as possible, but we don't want to rush them because we want to give you a really, really good in-depth product that is worthy, or at least a little bit worthy. Of the man himself. It's like if you're a good Christian. You can't rush church. <laughs> Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Stupid is stupid does miss blue. <laughs> and now the hangover is hitting. You can't really rush your way through mass. Or right. any sort of church. No. You gotta really take your time. Mm -hmm. Learn what you can. Mm -hmm. Become yeah. a better you. Amen. Preach. So, in the complete opposite what I just said. Starting with a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting with a horror movie. Oh, man. He knows when you're alone. Well, I thought this was going to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> horror movie. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He, he knows, knows it's Tom Hanks' first movie. <laughs> Probably the best part, for fuck's sake. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This uh, will be a fun, fun pod. There's a lot to digest with this movie, so please subscribe. We've watched the trailer. We will play the trailer, come back, give you, right as it ends, our thoughts on this. Yeah, we're coming in hot. You know, it's, only, it's always good when the only thing they say about the movie when you read everything about it is that it's Tom Hanks' debut. Right. <laughs> so, ready for a real spanker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see ya. On the other side. On the other side. With that, thanks be to Tom. Amen. On the night before her wedding, every girl is alone. Joyce. Nancy. Amy. Tricia. Joan. Debbie. On the night before her wedding, every girl is frightened. And this time, there's good reason. He knows you're alone. I know who the next girl is. Never mind how. I just know who it is. On the night before the wedding, he knows you're alone. And it's going to be for the very last time. So, Randy. Uh, the trailer makes it sound better than it is. Absolutely. And as predicted, um, Sir Tom Hanks, I'm going to go ahead and knight him. Yep. Is the best part of the movie. He somehow finds a way in the very in his very first frame to go from you know, mediocre at that point. By the time he comes in at like what minute 56? There's a like minute 56 58 in yeah. that range. So he comes in and the movie it, it's playing out exactly like a slasher fit, uh, flick which we're going to dive into just that part here in a minute, but immediately, as soon as he's on camera and says his first like three sentences, all of a sudden we're in a Tom Hanks romantic comedy. Yeah, you. 
he's the first person where you're like, oh, we're in the hands of a professional actor. And there are two well-known actors in it. Um, yeah. Because it's a Tom Hanks podcast, we didn't bother to look them up. But one of them is the guy in detention in The Breakfast Club. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. And then the other guy is like a villain in everything. He's the professor who ends up having sex with one of his students. James Rebhorn. Is that the detention guy? That No, that's uh, Paul Gleason. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, James Rebhorn. Uh, the last thing that I remember seeing him in is um, was he was the, the father on Homeland. Yeah, I've never watched Homeland. Yeah, you should. It's a good show. But like, uh, <laughs> those guys probably had established careers already. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they've been around forever. Like... Here's how likable Tom Hanks is. The first thing he ever does on film, besides jog for two seconds, is trip a woman. Oh. I'm too tired to scream oh. from the pain you just caused me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. I stretched out an extra foot to make sure I trip you. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's fine. And he makes, he makes a witty little pun about the pain that he's in. He is... Or he has the only two intentionally funny parts in the movie. He has a long uh, talk about psychology and why, like, the man who's following her, is he big? And she says yes, and he goes, it's obviously sexual. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, let me guess, you're a psych student? And he goes, oh, good deductive guess. And then she's like, well, how far along are you into it? And he goes, oh, psych one, I'm only in the intro. <laughs> As he's, like, non down goobers, like, <laughs> super, super, just, oh, man. Don't tell me you're a psych major. Psych one, introduction to psychology. Expert. Want a goober? And it's funny about that scene. Um, Tom Hanks actually talked about that scene uh, later in life on Letterman. And he talks about how preposterous it is that, because this scene, um, the, one, the one that Randy was just going over, that takes place at a carnival while they're waiting to get on the little, what was that ride called? The, the what did they use? Oh. It's, I know I like Canopy Lake Park, local amusement park. It's it's uh, what's that, the Vendor Dome or something like that? Yeah, it's the one I kind of yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, they're all waiting in line to get on to to get on, and it's it's clearly cold out, and it it it's must like, be it's Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> yeah, and he just talks about how preposterous it was that uh, they're in upstate New York, and so it's clearly cold, and they're just having the time of their life going on these amusement rides when it's clearly freezing outside. <laughs> it's He's like twenty eight degrees. Yeah. You can almost see their fucking breath. No one would have fun at a carnival going on those rides. And you know it's cold because for some reason, everybody in this movie was at war with their own neck. There's, you've never seen more scarves, ascots, bandanas that Tom Hanks has tied around his neck. Innovator. Like, there's so much neck coverage. It's, it's really, when you really just take a second to look at it, it's amazing. People How are wearing less on their necks in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> there was literally at one point, a dude had a very thick turtleneck on with another scarf around it. <laughs> oh, that was uh, Phil. That was Phil. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Phil. All right, so... Well, well we should back up. We'll cover the basic premise of the movie, yeah. just like in, uh, you know, wide tones and stuff like that. So yeah. we want to stick to Tom Hanks, but... Uh, so basically, it's a guy who kills brides to be for really no reason. We never find out why. Uh, and Spoiler. The, the uh, detective Gamble apparently his wife was murdered by the guy on their wedding day. So he's obsessed with trying to find this guy, and he's like not letting them do DNA evidence or whatever for some reason because he wants a, to be the guy that gets him. He's a very bad cop. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> At one point, you literally see him barehanded. <laughs> Just just wrestling, crawling all over a dead body, like trying to find a clue, and then just finds some evidence and just shoves it in his pocket and runs off. Tells no one. Tells no one. Just runs off. Meanwhile, you know, 
his partner's back there like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Don't do not do this. He gives him 36 hours to find the killer. Yeah. And then, um, I don't even know the main girl's name, but uh, she is the actress or the the, the character because they do a really Amy. bad job. Amy, okay. Amy. They do a bad job of establishing anyone's relationships um, and who they, just in general, what their you know purpose is. Who's in the bridal party? It says in the uh, description of the movie, he terrorizes a bridal party. They never tell you who's in the bridal party. Right, but for some reason, we have a 12-year-old played by Dana Barron, who you would know from the first Vacation movie. She played Audrey. She's just running around somewhere. We have no idea if she's dead or alive by the time the movie's yeah. over. And are, do they live in a sorority house? Are their parents gone? All we know is at one point, the I think it's her mother comes down super hungover. And no, then, that's a, that's um her friend, the one you've seen uh, topless in the shower. Right, but is that the the, the younger girl's mother? No, I, I, I maybe. Where, maybe exactly. Yeah, maybe the young, yeah. Where where is this kid's <laughs> guardian? You don't know who anyone is and how they relate to anyone, friendship wise, blood. Do they work together other this, than Amy and Marvin and Phil. This 12-year-old is hanging out at, like, a very adult party. She's in the room when Amy's friend goes, I'm going to go, like, to the professor's house. Don't be surprised if you don't see me until the end of the weekend. Oh, yeah, that was the one. Getting it on. That was the one backstory that we do get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one of her friends, uh, I want to say, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> she ends up dying. Um, but one of her girlfriends in her wedding is talking about how well during ballet class i guess they're yep. ballerinas and, uh, yeah and then outside they see the teacher with his wife yeah they're talking about oh i'm gonna i'm gonna use him to make sure that i get an a in class so that i'm just gonna fuck him and then i'll get an a and then they run into him give me an f yeah right in front so she they're they're leaving ballet class and oh look who walks up the professor and his wife uh, the professor takes a long whiff of the milk in the, in the grocery <laughs> bag. Watch the movie and wait for it. You'll know what I'm talking about. He's holding a bag of groceries and he just looks from right to left, but stops for a very long time to smell the carton of milk. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, oh, there's this girl, these girls, one of whom I happen to be having an affair with. Um, and yeah, he goes, you're not going to, I'm going to give you a, F or I don't even know. Yeah. It was Are you going to give me an F? Yeah. And then uh, when it actually cuts to her at his place, they're having the weirdest foreplay. Very odd. And we're no prudes on this podcast. We're, you know. We're sex positive. We're very sex positive. You do you whatever, as long as it's within the means of the law and doesn't hurt you or anybody else in a way that you don't want it to. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not kink shaming what they're into, but there is no chemistry. No. It's zero actual sexual vibes on it. And for at one point, she's threatening to jump out a window, and he's like, oh, no more fooling around. And then she goes to dive out, and he closes the window halfway on her and is tickling her. Very odd. Very odd. And then, like, the killer is outside the window, and he pulls her in just as he misses the knife stab. Yeah, the, this killer... Should we wait? All right, we'll wait to talk about it. But, oh, man, I've got some things to say about this killer. And, uh, okay, so... Uh, yeah, so we move on. Yep. 15 minutes into the movie, uh, they show you a flashback of Gamble, the cop's wife, getting killed. Mm -hmm. And it's traditional late 70s, early 80s. All flashbacks have to be reverb and echoey. All the dresses have lacy arms and go up to the ears. Yeah, it's, it's super Earth Child wedding dresses in this. And um, then it cuts to Amy... Uh, yeah, I think it was Amy and she. Are you going to miss me with Phil, the guy she's engaged to? Right, and he goes, yeah. "Are you going to miss me?" And she goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. That actually was one of the funniest moments yeah. of the movie because it was just really really great timing. And like from that, again, this is pretty early on in the movie. From that first introduction of Amy, you're like, "Oh, she's going to be awesome. She's just going to be this person who just sends out these ribs and like, you know." Boils the the killer with her awesome wit. Yeah, that's not the case. <laughs> but, like, but for a brief moment, for yeah. a brief moment. So it's I think the guy's going to Phil's bachelor party. Gets off a bus with randomly a bunch of uh, Boy Scouts. Yeah, that was odd. And the killer just happens to be on that bus. Yep. 
It's so strange. And then Phil leaves with his buddies for a bachelor party, and you don't hear about him again until like the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then while he's gone, uh, an ex of Amy's, Marvin, the least likable character. So I think the real villain in this movie is Marvin. He is. He is the worst. This guy, I so this is why we're not giving this. We're not saying this movie is bad, because I mean I might. I mean it's a bad sure okay, but we're not gonna. You know what? No, I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little fight with myself here. It has a 25 percent um, on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it deserves 25 percent. I think I would give it higher. It's top sport. Here's the thing. I watch movies, you know, hoping to get some sort of emotion, whatever it may be, and I got that with this movie, in the form of. Rel- just white hot hatred for <laughs> this character. He scares the shit out of Amy. He on is five occasions. He is beyond a creep. He is beyond a creep, and he's allowed to get away with it. He busts into the fitting room. Just to, to look at right her in. underwear. Yep. And 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 anyone who's listening to this who is about to start, you know, given the whole, well, the times were different. No. That's still weird. That's still super weird. He has this obsession with hiding behind curtains. Even <laughs> in the 50s, hiding behind curtains obsessively would be considered weird. Dude, it's weird in the 30s in the fucking Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But he... Everything he does comes off as like a needy stalker. He has two he has two scares that are better than any of the killer scares. Yeah. He's horrifying. He's horrifying. And and I think I know what they were trying to do, but they showed their hand super early by showing you what the killer looks like. Yep. Right off the bat. I Six think, minutes into the movie. I think they were trying like they were hoping that the audience was stupid enough to stupid enough to just be like, oh, he's the killer. The the friend who's the creep, he's the yeah. killer. He's the killer. Yep, that's him. But oh, oh wait. We, we skipped the whole opening scene in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. Where he stabs the girl through the seat with a letter opener. And the, the a cop, literal letter opener. Yeah, the cop says, he stabbed her through the spine and it went into her heart. Your, your heart is not in front of your spine. Yeah, I, I don't know much about anatomy. But he would, ha- he would have to have stabbed so. her with a Hattori Hanzo Kill Bill sword. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anatomy and physiology people get at us with that one. <laughs> that possible because, I mean, she was sitting down. I don't. I don't know. I don't. And that, in the the movie theater, they they do a it's a for the times great fake out. Yeah. Because it starts off with people making out in a car, and then it ends up cutting out when one of them hears the noise and he goes out and he's hanging from a tree and it cuts out. Bam! You're in a movie theater. Yeah. And these two characters who never come back other than to you know be the people that get killed first. I wonder if. The Wayans brothers saw this movie and got inspired to, to spoof that in uh, Scary Movie Two. Well, it's it uh, Scream Two. They had that. Oh, Scream Two. Yeah. That's where uh, that's Jada right. Pinkett gets killed. That's right. I completely forgot about that. That's how much I love the scary movies. But like, <laughs> I completely forgot that there's spoofs of yeah. other very popular horror movies. Sorry, out there movie fans. And <laughs> that stupid. scene in the movie within the movie, there was a dude really pushing hard to go up the shirt, up the skirt. In a very uncomfortable way. Yeah. And then when you see him dead, you're like, all right, good. Yeah, it was very... I mean, good for the girl. She, she you know... And then I, I think in the movie, the guy who... The movie within the movie. Right. Uh, the guy... She wakes up in a shack randomly once the, the other girl goes to the bathroom and comes back. The one who ends up getting killed. Uh, she wakes up in a shack, and the guy pops into the window, and he has, I'm pretty sure, the same black pea coat on, but with a stocking over his head. And I think it was played by the same guy who was the killer... In the movie, not the movie within the movie. Some meta shit right there, man. <laughs> yeah, I barely even followed that as I was saying it. <laughs> um, so the opening scene uh, made me a little bit really, really uncomfortable, mostly because I have a shy bladder, and now you know that about <laughs> me, audience. Um, and I mean, this this girl's in a stall, and literally all she hears is like, is anyone out there? <laughs> is anybody there? Like, if I was in the bath, I'd be like, oh, God, shut up, you bitch. I'm trying to... <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, I in a public there's restroom a like move. that, where there's a row of stalls, I'm nervous in there. I'm always nervous. <laughs> but, like, you know, people are going to come in, 
And, you know, you just, I'm not going to, like, try to talk to them. I think people who talk to each other in the bathroom are the worst. I just think that they're the, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you all into my own psyche. I think they're the worst people. And it's just like, she's, yes, she, she's got a shy bladder, which is fine. But, like, literally, there's nothing going on outside of the, the bathroom stall. And she's just, like, hollering. But what if someone was over there, like, oh, I, I mean, yeah, there is. Can I help you? <laughs> you're really making this uncomfortable. I'm tr- I'm trying to go in peace, and now you're trying to have a conversation. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be done with that topic, but I just want everyone to know that that made me really uncomfortable, and I'm not glad that she was the first person to die. <laughs> I'm not going so far as to say that she seemed like a nice girl, but just that part of her existence, I really hated. Uh, where were we before? before I don't even know. I got off on a tangent. Uh oh, we she uh her bad. her. Fiance Phil had gone off on the uh, bachelor party. Phil's gone, and then Marvin comes in. He he works at a morgue, mm-hmm. you know, so normal job for a likable person. And he's just obsessed with getting her back. He's like, "Oh, leave Phil, come back, be with me." She starts to see a guy following her when uh, after she bumps into Marvin outside of an ice cream store, and he gets ice cream all over a fifty cent ice cream cone, by the way. Which after she gets the ice cream cone all over Marvin. She pays a dollar for a wet napkin to wipe it off. <laughs> Very odd. Their, can, their pricing is way out of line at that fucking ice cream store. Can we also go back and just say, like, Phil's kind of a, like a dick. Well, you never see Phil enough to have a judgment on him. Well, you get enough. Like, he's got, like, pornos, and he's like, hey, you got the girls, right? Oh, and then when they, you actually cut to the bachelor party, they yeah. did find girls up at the cabin. Yeah. That's all. Just a quick little side, side note there. Um... So, and then Marvin does the lovable Marvin. thing of uh, after in one of the many Halloween ripoffs, you see the killer standing outside the window and Amy sees him. And then Marvin goes out to check and Mime's getting dragged into the bushes and murdered. <laughs> yeah. It, I hate Marvin. I hated him. Um, so as we kind of roll along, at, at no point, she's, this, Amy is clearly thinking, she's telling everybody, someone's following me. Somebody's following me. Somebody's following me. She doesn't do anything about it, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah, never calls the police. Never calls the police, even though the police are looking for her. Yeah, because uh, when he finds the evidence of the dress, yeah. he sees the name of her. And, and he, he trails her in such an aggressive way. Doesn't put a light on or nothing. Just... But like, if, if you're a cop and you're just trying to follow her to see when the killer shows up, why would you be? He's like fucking whipping donuts in his Datsun all over the place. He's switching lanes, driving erratically. Like, not even just, like, you know, following people from distance to not put off any weird vibes. To someone who already knows she's being followed. And then he almost causes an accident because he's so aggressively following her. Terrible And cop. that's why he's not there at the house when she gets attacked. Yeah. Terrible cop. Terrible, terrible cop. Which, right before that, uh, this is after you see Tom Hanks Elliot at the uh, amusement park. And he has his line about psych. He then, whatever the friend's name is, who later on gets killed, listening to uh, It Is The Night, We're Alone Again, and she's smoking a doobie on a beanbag. Uh, Elliot is supposed to come pick her up after they had met jogging. Because, you know, when a killer's after you, you go jogging in the woods. That was so weird. <laughs> it's like, this, at this point, you already know Amy is like, her friends think she's super paranoid. She's clearly on edge. She knows that she's being followed. So what's she do? She goes jogging in the woods. <laughs> Makes and, sense to me. And then her friend splits off because she that's where she went there because she keeps bumping into Tom Hanks' character, Elliot, there. Yeah. And that's when he trips her, they meet, and then, you know, they go on. But then now she's left alone running around in the woods. Sure, it's like, you know, like one in the afternoon, but... All the same, it's, it's you know, thickly nestled wood out there. Oh, the other... State New York. The other Tom Hanks joke that was great at the carnival is they're... I think they're buying, like, stuffed animals and candy oh, or something. Yeah. And then he goes, I want you to have this. Do you have any change? And the, the girl gives him money. He buys her a, t- a stuffed tiger, hands it to her, and then gives her the change back and goes, oh, and I want you to have this money too. So he bought her a gift <laughs> on their first date with her money. Oh. Do you have any change? Are you serious? Huh? Uh, no, I'll have five. I want you to have... Thank you. Oh, and I want you to have this too. And I owe you a four. Are you sure? Yeah. I want to get another one. Cut, cut. 
Oh man, yeah, it was like a stuffed tiger with like stoner eyes. It was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all the Hanks you get. I mean, in the original script, they said they were going to kill him, but he was too charismatic and yeah. likable, so they didn't want to see him dead. Uh, but I, they should have killed him in it because I would, I would like to have four more minutes with him. I kept thinking he was going because when she's out dropping off the twelve-year-old girl wherever she drops her off, and the right. cop follows her, yeah, that's when her friend's at home and gets killed. And I kept thinking when she went back to the house, Elliot was going. That's probably the scene they cut. Is Elliot probably shows up there to pick up her friend, yeah, and gets killed after uh, discovering her head in the fish tank, right? And Amy gets away that way while the guy who looks like Mike Birbiglia is the killer, yeah, is Tom Hanks. It does say in the IMDb uh, little uh, trivia section that um, eight, presumably nine, and I think nine is uh, Elliot. Eight, uh, kills, kills, yeah. yeah. As far as people that die. But instantly when he pops on the screen in this, it, I mean, he's young and everyone in this movie, because it's not really directed well and everyone's kind of overacting, but he is the most natural. Yeah. He's just like a real human being. He's a character. He makes choices in it. Yeah. It's, he's like, he's a likable dick. It, so this movie was filmed in 15 days. Oh. And I think they didn't realize what kind of gym they had on their hands and they'd already gone so far. And like we have, I, I honestly think if they had more time, they would have given him such a bigger role. Um, I think they wanted to have him be like the killer's foil or something like that. Like it, or have his death be on camera, but people like, yeah, like you just mentioned, people liked him. Too yeah. Much. Um, yeah. Movie. Yeah. Instantly would have been better. Yeah. Tom Hanks is Marvin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because after the killer uh, kills her friend at the house, she ends up running away and uh, driving down to the morgue where Marvin works. And then she's running around there. Uh, Marvin finally goes, oh, it's on the level. There actually is someone following you. And finally, she calls the police after the cop goes to her house and finds her friend dead in the fish tank. Yeah, we're at like, we're at like 70 minutes of a 90-minute movie when yeah, she yeah. finally calls the cops. Yeah. And then he... The, he calls, he's like, oh, there's been a homicide at the Jensen residence. And they're like, oh, and, and Amy Jensen just called from the city morgue saying someone's <laughs> trying to kill her. And he goes, where is, where the fuck is the morgue? And then they're like, oh, you know, it's down by, and he hangs up on the directions. <laughs> what, what did you say? I don't need directions. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, he gets there and he, he knocks over a, a lung in a jar. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, petrified lungs. Like, but like. Creepy. They don't even let Marvin have the moment of, like, actually standing up for her. The co- like, she runs down, like, a fucking two-mile-long catacomb tunnel. Yeah. And ends up cowering next to, like, some knockdown rafters or something. She goes up to a door that's so rickety <laughs> with a with a huge—it was one of those old-school, like, like, like what your principal— skinny glass. Yeah, skinny glass. She, I mean, if you have somebody chasing you with a knife, I you break it. Or you kick it down. And then behind her is all this, like, rubble with, like, a four-foot-wide, <laughs> three-foot-tall hole that she could have just crawled. And there's light on the other side. So. Yeah, and then there's, like, another mile she could have ran. Yeah. That was poor editing. So, I mean, like, that, all they needed to do was just, like, take just a different door hole, right? and cover that <laughs> hole. Make it more of this. But then the killer has her cornered, and he walks up with his really over-the-top, like, vaudeville stage act the knife yeah and then out of nowhere the cop is there shoots him in the arm he's down on the ground and then in the biggest scare of the movie Classic. the cop leans in and he's like you gotta run and like yeah. a crazy hitchcock zoom whoa yeah that part was like was, the only other thing that was that scary was when the priest shows up when she's in the church yeah that was odd and they have that weird moment where there's rusty water that makes it look like the jesus on the wall is crying yeah yeah this movie is all over the place. It's, yeah, there's a lot to digest. But in one upon of, first watching, all right. So it's an obvious Halloween movie. Yeah, for such a simple concept, there's a lot to digest. It's, it is, came out in late uh, 1980, so Halloween would have come out probably mid 79, mm-hmm. and they just immediately capitalized on the slasher craze. Oh yeah, so much so that the theme in this movie, outside of the super groovy Todd Rundgren song they play mm-hmm. twice, like when they're jogging. Yeah, yeah. 
It's so blatantly a piano riff from Halloween Rhythm. Yeah. And then the killer has like the black coat on and stuff, and he he has the knife, and he even does the exaggerated uh, Nick Castle Halloween stabs. Yeah. And he even he gets shot, survives, gets up, and murders Gamble the detec- detective, and yeah. chases her back down all the way back to the morgue. The final scare kind of thing. Yeah. But then in the morgue, and this actually might have been before he chases her down there. She sees all of her friends in the morgue dead that have been murdered that she didn't know were dead. Her friend who went to have sex with the professor and the uh, tailor. And he sits up from one of the beds and grabs her from behind in a mix of the bedroom scare from Halloween and when he jumps out at Jamie Lee Curtis from behind the couch. Yep. Yep. And then there's the hard shot on the, the knives on the wall. Yep. There's five, a, five knives. Five, yeah, there's a hard, it's one of those like magnetic knife holders. Five knives. She walks out of the kitchen. She walks back into the kitchen. <gasps> Four knives. <laughs> like she could have, you just see it coming from a mile away. It's there's, yeah, between like the that that quick little religious moment between, yeah. um, the the terrible cop between not even really knowing why the guy kills anything. No explanation. No explanation. You, like, you're you're left like, to your own devices. Not like maybe he was left at the altar or something. Yeah, you just are left to your own devices to just try to pick through what you think and you know. Make up your own story from it. Do you want to tell them what your favorite part of the killer was? Oh, okay. This guy obviously must, I, it's probably not the character, but the actor blatantly had gone to like the beach or something. Maybe he just come back from Bermuda because they shot in the fall. But he has an obvious sunburn on his face and all around his eyes is a sunglass tan every time they zoom in. It's bad. It's like, so distracting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all you could say about it. It's so weird. But that, it it humanizes him so much that he can't be scary. Yeah, yeah I forgot to wear sunscreen. He can't be that bad a guy. I've made yeah. mistakes too. Yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. Is he just mad that winter's coming? Is that, what, <laughs> is that where all this aggressions come from? He just got back from Bermuda and he's pissed. I'll do the backstory for the guy. Uh, he he kills people because he was left at the altar. And then after he was left at the altar, he went ahead and took his honeymoon trip anyway. Yeah, I mean, he'd already put the down payment on it. <laughs> I don't know if they were funded tickets as easily back in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a... It, like, I mean, it could have been a very good movie with four or five subtle changes. Yeah. Hanks is Marvin. And I agree with you because, on that point, because Hanks is as good enough of an actor to challenge the director and be like, do I need to go behind as many curtains? i can make this girl fall in love with me again spoiler alert by the end marvin and amy get married not phil yeah we don't don't know where phil is oh wait yes we do yeah (laughs) at the end in the exact same room in almost the exact same dress that gamble's wife was wearing when she got murdered before their wedding so you see amy and she's like yay and then she turns around she goes phil what are you doing here red freeze frame credits yeah, I was a big fan of like the the porno intro little scene there. That's how, yeah. at least the ones I'm watching, like just <laughs> just own singular dialogue talking to camera. You don't hear the second person. Yeah. There's a lot of um, just like you know the wow, the whole wow. trope of that late '70s, early '80s slasher stuff. Yeah. Everyone is out of their mind, horny. <laughs> like, yeah, just can't control themselves. Yeah, it's insane. Everybody is looking to do it. They're all ending up dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the girl uh, keeping the trope alive of, like, the, the final girl, you never see Amy actually have sex. Nope. She doesn't smoke pot with her friend who gets killed. Nope. You see her drink wine. You see her drink wine through osmosis. Yes. Because <laughs> full glass, half a second later empty. Full glass, half a second later empty. It's just and back and forth. Yeah. Two cuts later, full glass. Yeah. <laughs> They couldn't make up their mind about... It. She was, like, drinking it through her palm. Yeah. There's a straw in there that connects to, like, one of those beer hats. Yeah. <laughs> that part was just silly editing. Um, All right, so you've heard what we had to say about the movie. Yeah. So now we'll go to some reviews. We said it has a 25% aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Zeke thinks it should be a little bit higher. I think maybe you could go in the 30s, but it's not great. There are elements of a decent movie there. It's not executed well. If they shot in 15 days, I can see why. Yeah. Um, the first 
popular, the most popular review, the highest review is uh, from under uh, uh, Evil Ogus, whoever. Uh, that's who, that's who wrote the review. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, this movie is definitely a Halloween clone, but why should that mean it's bad? <laughs> if Halloween is so good and this movie resembles it, then why not like this one as well? I don't understand why so many people have a problem with that. I don't either. Okay, but by that logic, the Ghostbusters theme is definitely a clone of I Need a New Drug. That's true. Does that mean it's bad? Oh, wait, that is, that's against my point, because Ghostbusters is good. Yeah, and so is Huey Lewis. All right, I see that guy's point. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a good movie, just a couple changes. Yeah, we, which, we, which we covered, and we're right about those. And if you disagree, you're wrong. That's how we roll. And you know the movie has like been bad and unforgettable, where even when you look it up now to watch it, the number one thing they say is, Tom Hanks' screen debut. So many. Like, everybody just mentions that. All of these reviews just mention that. Uh, from Fai Cryer. No, it's John Cryer. Fai, Fai, I don't know. The opening of this movie is pretty strong. It starts off with that old urban legend about the couple making out in the car and the boyfriend gets out into the investigate the noise and the girlfriend goes out after him. That's pretty corny. But then <laughs> there's a twist. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't like this person's writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really care about what they have to say. you've seen the movie. Yeah. All right. Well, screw you, Fire Cryer. Uh, a rainy night movie. Not much on substance. The subject is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael Rokeefe. Uh A serial killer is stalking and killing brides-to-be. There are a few occasions you get to jump or flinch. But most of the time, you wonder about the disjointed dialogue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Uh, this had a slim chance to be scarier. After the first scene in the theater, this thing fell apart. <laughs> totally agree with that guy. And then, woman. once again, we get, but Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good suspense, but no blood. Exclamation point says all good dash two. I mean, they, it's the neon, you know, like Mario Bava 70s horror movie. Yeah. That was a thing that really, that I found really funny about uh, the cop when the, when he goes to investigate the, the Taylor's murder. He's just crawling all yeah. over a body that has been, you see, I mean, this is a big pair of shears, like the, the, you know, Taylor shears. Yeah. You know, the scary scissors everyone's mom had. Yeah. He gets railed with those things. At least ten times. No one, when they get stabbed in this movie, screams. Not one. No one makes a noise. And then when he kills that one girl, she just, like, bites his hand. Yeah. Which was really <laughs> odd. Because he didn't scream either. Like, I would be screaming if someone bit my hand. Like You don't even hear the killer make a noise. No. Well, he makes a noise when he's humping the car aggressively. <laughs> and he can't break the window. Yeah, he can't break the window with his knife, but every other glass he encounters, he can just <laughs> smash with his hand. And he can only break the window of the car while she's driving and he's hanging onto the roof. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Because that, you know, that first couple of knife whacks was what started it and out, And you can see the knife bends. And then even when he, like, in the morgue, breaks through the window and grabs Amy through the door. Yeah. And she goes to stab his hand. She's obviously missing by, like, nine inches. Yeah. There's literally, I want to know what this dude, he's obsessed with the blood, I should say. When the movie starts, you'll think it's going to suck, but give it about 25 minutes and it starts to get good. It kind of seems like they took a, took the plot away from murdering engaged girls. Spelled that wrong. Yeah, so cool. that they could increase the body count. He does kill a lot of women who aren't engaged. Right. And they don't explain who's in the bridal party, which would yeah. cover that. Right. There's really no reason if that's his M.O., for him to go to, you the know, professor's the professor's and house. And then kill the professor and kill the... I mean, fine, he could kill a guy who makes wedding presents. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, maybe he was like... He needed a, an escape. <laughs> it's my only outlet for my rage. I was going to kill her in the... I was going to kill her when she was in the thing, but fucking sideburns showed up. <laughs> I drove all the way down here. I got to kill. Yeah. So, like, you drove to the gym, you better work out. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, this guy. That guy's review should have been 
You, when the movie starts, you're going to think it's going to suck. But 25 minutes in, you'll know it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. This guy. So he goes on to say, this movie had a really good suspense. And the killer looks scary. Mm, that's debatable. But the movie would have been so much better if there was blood. But they didn't show any blood. He's <laughs> really excited. I think the only reason this movie is rated R is because of the brief breast exposure. It is pretty brief. Yeah. I mean, if you're not counting the ballet scene where you can see through everyone's shirt. Right. Yeah. Um, what an interesting, like, very respectful way to talk about a tit scene. Yeah. <laughs> Her breast exposure. <laughs> That's He's trying to clean it up like he's Mr. Skin. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's a naked shower scene there in, like, every 80s movie from the time. All right. You, know, you got to have titillation. Yeah. Buzzing. Buzzing. Uh, help, I've just lost 93 minutes of my life. <laughs> but he was, that means he watched the credits, too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this one's really long, and it basically just gives a... No. But anyway, so... Everyone pretty much agrees. It's pretty mixed, though. There's a lot of people that like this movie a lot. It does have its charm. There's really... There's honestly... There's more... There's more five stars and up than there are... Well, I'm zero to fives, which that's fine. I mean, the internet could use more of that. I mean, if you don't like something, <laughs> why do you have to go tell everyone? Just don't like it alone. Yeah. But for Tom Hanks' debut, it is obvious he has sane charisma. Oh, yeah. Like, right away when he's there, you're like, oh, a professional has shown up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he just it, it, the whole dynamic of the movie just stopped for a second and became something different. And then it went back to its kind of yeah. crappy horror movie. But for a brief moment, you feel something completely different. And you think, oh, maybe this movie is going to be something else. But you don't get a whole lot of time. Yeah. But for his debut, yeah. you can see that like the Hanksian likability, the charm, like the naturalness, like being a human being in a movie. Yeah. It's all there right from the start. It was I, also, I was expecting him to come out and not be good. Yeah. It was also a bit of a cock tease because everybody had big curly froze back then. So every time you saw one, you're like, there's Tom. No, nope, oh, somebody else. Seven <laughs> times I was sure that yeah. was him. And then they showed his face. I'm like, oh, not him. Not him. Yeah. So. And his hair is out of control. Oh, man. Uh, he, had, he had that hair for a while. Wait, if this was filmed in 80, he was born in 56. 56, yep. 24? Yep. And I mean, he had that hairdo well past big. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's you know tame. Yeah, it it is exploding over his ears. Yeah, which it was all through bosom buddies. And he looks more like Eugene Levy. Than yeah, he does Tom Hanks in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think in conclusion, you know, go watch the movie. It's worth the three ninety nine rental. It's a quick watch. It's a quick watch. There's some there's some really interesting moments that really kind of make you think, and you could come up with your own uh, backstory, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's like a, it's a Mad Lib horror movie. Yeah, uh, and you get to see a young Tom Hanks make his feature film debut, which is cool. Right off the bat, the man's just hitting dingers over the fence. Yeah. So going ahead from uh, we did his first feature length uh, debut. Yep. Now we go into TV Hanks. Yep. Very excited. So next we're going to try and find his episode of The Love Boat, and mm -hmm. then we hit Bosom Buddies. Yep. And then we'll, we have to try and find an episode of Taxi, Happy mm -hmm. Days, a couple episodes of Family Ties. Wow. Yep. And then we get to go back. This is still TV Hanks because it's a TV movie, which I'm really excited for. Mazes and Monsters, Never 1982. Heard Never heard of it. It has a bitchin' cover. Tom Hanks looks like a wizard prince. I'm super excited for this movie. Oh, man. Family Ties. And then... We get into Splash, Bachelor Party, The Run. Ooh, Money Pit. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I've, I'm really excited to do the TV shit. Yeah. Oh, he was in the Dragnet movie. Mm-hmm. And Punchline, that. which is apparently a really bad uh, stand-up movie. Right. That has... Uh, what's her name in it? Uh, Sally Field. The sec That's the first time. Uh, oh, mama. <laughs> oh, that is that is what this podcast is building to. Oh man, the Forrest Gump episode is uh, going to be amazing. I love your music, by the way. I'm gonna let I'm gonna go on the record, <laughs> Randy, and say I love 
the intro music. Like, You've already said to me that you're gonna you're gonna change it up when it's appropriate to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep uh, the '80s retro synth feel. Yeah, I feel like you could have done the soundtrack to. He knows when you're alone. Oh yeah, it was basically hey, what would uh, John Carpenter do if he was bad? <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do the Love Boat episode up next. Mm -hmm. Super excited to see that. If you guys uh, want to track it down and watch it before, or you. You want to listen to us do the intro, pause, watch it, and come back, you know, like you were with us. We want yeah. you to be a part of it. Yeah, we wanted this to be interactive. We want to be friends. We want to be united in the same way I'm Hanks. The last 38 years. United America. He is America's dad. All right, so we hope you guys will subscribe. We're really excited to go on this journey with you. Until next time, Hanks, Hanks be to Tom. Tom. Amen. successful broadcast.